<laughs> we here. Big fish shit. Ooh, ooh. Welcome to the podcast. Hope y'all enjoy it. Hope y'all learn something. And most importantly, we hope y'all elevate. Let's get uh-huh. it. Big fish, hit a big lick. We gon' bet it right back and hit a big flip. We been up for a minute and we still lit. Get them cats going top, but we don't feel shit. We just giving y'all gems y'all can live with. Elevate your mind, never mind all the bullshit. Finna talk about stocks, we ain't worry about ops. First get the bread up, then buy back the whole block. Ten toes down, we ain't never gonna stop. I'm a man of my word, I ain't never gonna flop. If I said it, then I meant it. Real ones gonna respect it, and it's still OG. It's in me, I represent it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we're back, we're back, we're back We got a great show for y'all today Or a great topic, you know, I'll let y'all decide whether it's a great show or not But we got an interesting topic that a lot of people are talking about And I want to hit it from a different perspective You know, get us to kind of use a different part of our brain than we may be currently using When looking at the particular situation And what is that topic? I'll tell you in a second. But first, got to shout out everybody who continues to tune in, continues to share. We really appreciate it. You know, share with your family, friends, anybody. You know, anybody that you think is either interested or should be interested or who knows. You know, maybe just use it as a starting point for a conversation um, that you all can have, whether it's at the dinner table, whether it's at lunch, whether it's, you know, in the car, on the way to work. Whatever it may be, um, we just appreciate y'all locking in with us. So, last week we talked about the secret to our success lies within. And the takeaway from that was pretty much that we don't need experts to just make the decision of when we want to make a change within ourselves. It always has to start with us. So you can go out and buy all the fancy workout clothes you want. You can go out and buy all the cookbooks you want. But at the end of the day, you got to make a decision to say like, hey, I'm going to work out or hey, I'm going to start cooking. Point blank period. So what's this topic? Ah, Let's talk about this Tua situation. I'm not even going to try to pronounce Tua's last name, but the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. If you aren't aware, there was a situation where, where I guess with him potentially having a concussion last week on Sunday where I saw the video, I had to, I only watched a clip of it. I still, for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, I still can't watch football. I still can't watch football. Maybe we'll get into that on the next episode. Cause I would like to get back into it, but the stubbornness in me just won't allow me to, but Tua, the Miami quarterback playing excellent this year. He, I guess got hit on a play and stumbled back to the huddle but then I believe he was taken out of the game because he like kind of fell and his teammates had to hold him up get him to the sideline but then he ended up returning to the game so I know the NFL PA was questioning the protocol you know when it comes to these type of things as far as why he would be allowed to return back to the game and not only did he return to the game on Sunday but this Thursday this past Thursday when they had a game I believe against the the Bengals, I want to say, excuse me if I'm wrong, but against the Bengals where he didn't even get hit too hard, but he got slammed a bit, 
head hit the ground and he had that like shock. You know, I've, I've seen it a few times actually with the Colts. Um, Austin Collie, great receiver that came from BYU, uh, number 17, he had a concussion issue where he would get these concussions. And the last time I saw him get one, his arms were just stuck, like kind of stuck in a 90 degree, 90 degree position. And to his fingers, if you saw them, they were like stuck pointing in different directions um, as if there was just like a bolt of energy or just a stiffness that came over his body. And that obviously alarmed a lot of people, scared a lot of people. Um, and what I'll get into later on is that I think it also excited a lot of people who have products regarding concussions and it's always funny because I had a couple reach out to me. It's always funny to kind of gauge exactly what exactly what they're looking for. Are you just trying to sell your product or do you really care? Are you really devastated that a player got a concussion and he was allowed back in the game? Like, do you really care? And that's kind of what this entire podcast casts about with this episode. We all know the recent uproar, you know, whether Tua should have been in the game people going back and forth with whether or not you can diagnose a concussion. And this person actually that reached out to me in particular, they, she claims that her product is FDA approved, can diagnose concussions. I'm, I wasn't too familiar with it. Looked at some stuff. Looks legit. But with the NFL, a lot of experts, and it just seems like they're playing that game where they don't want to say one thing and be held to that. So they'll kind of give vague answers. And before this, there wasn't anything that the NFL had to actually diagnose a concussion. Now, when I say diagnose, where you can go in and see like, oh, you have a cancerous cell. Um, you can diagnose somebody having a fever by, oh, your temperature is this, this high. When it comes to concussions, it was all symptom based. This is just from my understanding. I haven't really looked into it. I've spoken to some doctors who actually over the past couple of years have been trying to um, bring different, different solutions to this problem. One, um, Dr. O'Malley in New York, Martin O'Malley, who works with a lot of the NBA and NFL players, I was going to his office and doing the hyperbaric chamber. I believe it was the hyperbaric, not the elevation, but the hyperbaric. Maybe, maybe a combination of both. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but these chambers, Joe Namath was using. And a lot of these people use these chambers. I think T.O. was probably the first one to make it popular for healing certain injuries, healing certain surgeries. And it's been shown that through... Uh, you know, a, a significant amount of these sessions, you can heal your brain. And that's something that Joe Namath speaks about a lot, where you can pretty much heal the trauma from a concussion and address, you know, we've all heard the CTE after the concussion movie. But let's get down to what I want to talk to you all about. And as we go through this, of course, we'll go on our tangents, but I'll be very clear and how I feel about this. And I want you all to be very clear. These are just my opinions on this. I am not a, a, a neurosurgeon, neurologist. These are just my opinions as a former player in the NFL, 
who started playing at a young age based on what I've seen. And these are just my thoughts. So, concussions. Does the NFL care? The NFL is a business, a very large business, very powerful business, but still a business. Most people who have businesses, big or small, tend to do what's in the best interest of their business. That's the priority. The priority is not, you know, like it or not, they can say, you know, they want their, whether it's their consumers, patients, whoever, to be taken well care of. Um, and they, they would never risk, you know, the health of their consumers. It's BS. You're going to prioritize your business, whether it's a restaurant. We've all probably had certain stuff that was served to us where it's like, yo, this tastes off. I had it before and this just tastes off probably because they're using bad ingredients, ingredients that they know expired a couple days before or using something that was made the day before, whatever it may be, because that's in the best interest of their business. They're not worried about you getting um, sick and food poisoning from eating something that has already expired. They're not worried about that. And that is how every business, every business looks at the first priority, you know, and, and if this doesn't apply to your business, like I said on a couple shows before, then, okay, cool. It doesn't apply to you. But most businesses are going to only look at, prioritize, I should say, how this impacts the bottom line of my business. That's it. The interest of my business. And the NFL is only going to look at the best interest of their business, which is why the NFL, and, and, and one of the things that the NFL does, they will never even acknowledge that there's a concussion problem. Because if they acknowledge that there's a problem, then there's more pressure on them to create a solution. So, that's why even though these movies come out, you'll see different players get injured. You know, two is one that, you know, everybody seems to be up in arms about right now. But, you know, give it a few weeks. Nobody will probably be thinking about it. Nobody's going to be talking about it. Um, it'll just be back to enjoying the game of football. And the NFL will probably put out a statement saying, oh, we're going to, you know, take A, B and C steps to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And then it kind of just it's gone. It's gone. It's back to business. It's back to business. They'll do some public relationship stuff and then it's back to business because they're only worried about their business. So is it on the NFL to care about the players or is it on the players to care about the players? These players are not slaves. They're not forced to play in the NFL. They're not forced to play under the agreement that they how can I put this? They come to the table, you know, with the leadership from the NFL and they bargain, they negotiate and they reach an agreement with their CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, and they create a contract that works for the players as well as the owners that everybody agrees on. Now that CBA can address any and everything. It can address if players have a problem with anything, they have the leverage to change it. Why? Because they are the players. They are the NFL. 
players don't decide players decide something's not right, okay, then don't play. How many times has this happened in our day-to-day lives? You don't like a restaurant, don't go. You think that this job mistreats a certain type of people, don't work there. And this kind of came back to me, you know, we'll we'll touch on it later with the with the Kaepernick situation. And it's funny how I kind of bring all these thoughts together whenever I'm drawing my own conclusion and challenging my own thinking to say like, hey, how did you think about it in that situation? Do you have the same energy in this situation? So let's kind of go through the list as we always do. We'll elaborate on all of them, have the conversation. You guys will probably agree with some of the stuff I'm saying, disagree with a lot more, but it is what it is. We're just having a conversation. So why do I say that these players are not slaves? Because a lot of the conversations that I've had regarding this Tua situation in the last couple of days are people saying like, oh my God, this isn't fair. Players shouldn't have to go through this. Players don't have to go through this. Tua is a starting quarterback having a great year. I believe he was a Heisman Trophy winner in college. He's not getting cut if he decides to not go back into that game. He's not getting cut if he decides after he went back in the game the next day to go to the owner and say, yo, what were y'all thinking? Go to the team leadership. What were you guys thinking? We need to address this issue. He's not going to get cut if he brings about these issues. That's why they have an NFLPA, a Players Association. That's why there's certain leaders on every team to where they can communicate with the leaders of other teams to figure out different issues that they're having. You unite, you figure something out, you present it to the powers that be, and you come to an agreement and an understanding that everybody's okay with. And if you don't, if one side's not okay with, for instance, the players on this end, then you don't move forward. You don't move forward. What do you think, that the NFL is not going to, that you think they're going to risk the publicity that can come from something like this or risk all the players saying like, hey, we're not playing until this situation gets ironed out. They're going to iron out the situation. Very clear, but everybody has to come together and be on the same page. The power is in the players. The players are not forced. So if you decide to go out on that field because, well, shit, if I don't go out there, I'm going to get cut, which is not to his case, but let's take a different type of player. Let's take the type of player I was. <laughs> You're not a superstar. You feel like you have to play. I felt like I had to take a lot of pain pills and get shot in the butt with painkillers just to go out there and suit up. And then after the game, take a bunch of pills and the night before the game, get a, sh- a shot. All these different things. I could have just not done it. Yeah, I may have lost my job, but so what? Which is more important. People in their day-to-day lives, have to make decisions like this all the time. Am I going to choose my job or my health? We saw that all the time in 2020 when the situation happened. I don't want to say the word because I don't want to get flagged. But with the, uh, how can I put this, with the situation that happened in 2020 where a lot of people, it was the situation where you either have to take this shot or you can't work here. A lot of people left their jobs. They didn't agree with the demands by their particular employer, so they left and figured it out. So now we're supposed to be in an uproar with players making good, solid money, 
you know, we're supposed to be in an uproar because they're not willing to use their leverage. I'm not saying you got to walk out of your job, but use your leverage to change something that is clearly impacting your health. So I don't feel bad. Or let me let me rephrase it. I don't feel as bad as the situation that I'm going to bring up when I compare this when I when I want us to compare these two things. So, well, we'll get right into that right now. When you saw Tua on the ground, laid out, stiff fingers, looking like he was not, like you could tell he wasn't good, that was scary as hell, right? Real scary. Now, I want you to compare that to a 15-year-old laying in blood, not with stiff fingers, but actually just lifeless limbs. Lifeless limbs, eyes rolled back, lost all the, the, the youthful life in his, in his face, everything. Because of some type of gun violence. Which is, more, which is a scarier situation? And you're probably sitting here wondering like, damn, how is he even comparing these two? Well, let's really think about it. Tua situation, concussion. Tua didn't die on the field. He didn't die on the field. Matter of fact, he made a decision to go back out there and play. Now, you can say that that decision was based on the circumstances that he was in or for another player who may not have been a, you know, an all-star or whatever you know, caliber player like Tua, all-star, like let's say like a Pro Bowl, great player like Tua, you know, that player may have felt like, oh, I got to go out there. Maybe even Tua convinced himself that he had to go out there. You know, you never know what's going through people's minds, but is that really any different? And of course, it's a lot different as I'm asking this question. It is different. I get that. But think about the 14, 13, 15-year-old kid that grows up in Chicago or a lot of these other inner cities, which they really feel that they have to protect themselves in certain ways. They have to get a gun. They have to kill certain people because it's a war and that they were just born into it based on where they grew up, the block that they grew up on. Now they have to protect themselves when they're walking home or walking to the store. So it's kill or be killed in their minds. It's just the circumstances. Now, we can sit here and say that those kids, oh, they make those decisions on their own. They choose to do that stuff. Well, if we're going to put that onus and responsibility on that kid, that teenager, without even a fully developed brain, for, for maybe 10 more years it won't be fully developed, how can we put that on that kid but then not look at Tua and the rest of these NFL players, these grown men, and say that's on them. They made that decision. They, they decided to put themselves in that position, in those circumstances, or I should say based on the circumstances, they decided to either get back in the game, to play, whatever it may be. They decided to put themselves in that particular situation. Who am I going to feel worse for? Me personally, I'm going to feel worse for 
the kid because I feel like he, he, he the the grown man can he has the capability to make a decision to use logic. The kid that kid is so lost. He just feels like he's he's just born into the jungle, and this is just how you have to survive. That's his environment. So it's very hard for me to see people so outraged and like so hurt almost from, oh my God, these NFL players, look at Tua, the NFL did this, the NFL did that. How do you feel that bad about them? But that same energy doesn't carry over, that same sympathy, that same empathy doesn't carry over the stuff that's happening to not superstar athletes, but our youth in our inner cities throughout the country. And, and like I said, there's excitement, or I shouldn't say excitement, but this uproar with Tua, it, it's, it seems to be coming from a lot of different places. So different people are in an uproar for different reasons. So like I said, when the person that reached out to me they're like sending me all this information on their products. We work with this doctor, we with that doctor. And I asked, I said, what is your goal? Is it just to sell your product? I was very straightforward. I asked. And she responded and said, no, we want to be a part of the NFL protocol. And then I gave her a call on the phone and we're talking. And I can you know, hear she's very upset and passionate about it. But I'm sitting back just thinking, like, do you really care about this player? Or do you just want to sell your product? I'm, I'm really thinking. And, and to be totally honest, I didn't really, I, I'm not sure which it was, but maybe I'm just so jaded in my thinking that I, people don't care. That's just, people don't care. People don't care unless they can almost benefit in some type of way. Or if it's just, you know, they're just super emotional about the situation. Um, but, but people, I, I always question, like, do people really care? Do people really care? And it, it, for me, it just goes back to when I, when I mentioned the Kaepernick situation. I, I brought it up because the Kaepernick situation to me was something that went on a lot longer than it should have. And we saw that there were some players that supported him. But remember how I said earlier, the only way to bring about change for an NFL player is if you unite the players together and you bring, you present there, like this is an issue that we all have. Even though it doesn't impact all of us or hasn't impacted all of us yet, this is a problem that we all have. Then you go to the ownership, leadership of the team, and you figure something out and you do not walk away or you don't okay something or sign something until you get what you're demanding. Bringing about some change. And each side is going to use their leverage. The NFL is going to leverage, hey, you know, we'll uh, up your pay, you know, but you got to agree to this. If you agree to that, that's on you. That's a decision that you made and you have to live with it. And the other side, the players should use their leverage. Oh, okay. Um, well, this is a problem. We're, we're, we're clearly not going to resolve this. So uh, we won't be playing football this week. None of us. Do you think 
that the NFL, remember I said this is about business. This is about business. Do you think, because that's the only way that business people see things. They don't care about you being upset. People at the top, all the emotional little problems, complaints and stuff like that. How does it impact my business? So therefore, when you have to, you have to use your leverage to impact their business to get their eyes open, to get them to pay attention. And as soon as they hear, oh, oh, they're serious. They're not playing this week. All right, let's figure this out. Because now you use more of your leverage. So now they're willing to be open to certain stuff that they weren't willing to be open to because overall, players have never exercised proper leverage when it comes to getting the demands or what starts off as a demand demand and then turns into, well, well, do you think we can have it? And then, oh, well, it's not that serious. Why? Because you got business people negotiating with non-business people. Owners and leadership of NFL teams, they are very skilled in negotiations. Players, no. Just not something that overall players are skilled in. There may be some, but clearly it's not that. So with the Kaepernick situation, it's funny because I had to think back. And to, just to be transparent with y'all, I haven't watched football since the Kaepernick situation. Um, I just haven't watched because if I don't, if, like I said, if, I'm, if I don't like something or if something doesn't sit well with me, then I just don't contribute to it. Same way as a restaurant. If I don't like certain, if I don't like the owner of a restaurant or I don't like the way people are treated at a particular restaurant, I'm just not going to support you. Cool. My money may not mean anything to you. My viewership of the NFL, they don't care about me. That's cool. But for me, just standing on principles, that's how I'm going to move. If I'm not comfortable with your company, I'm not going to do business with your company. Unless it's... (laughs) Super beneficial to me, but it's not not something like this, you know, and and if I and if it is beneficial then I'm going to use whatever leverage I I need to use to put myself in the best possible position to be protected. And that's what players need to look at it as. So and and you see people like everybody has an opinion on this to a situation. That's why I was trying to figure out, like, do people really care? Um, Are people just using this as, you know, the hot topic to talk about, to get some clicks, to get some likes, to get some followers? Or do people really care? And I I, I walk away thinking like, man, people are full of shit. Nobody really cares. It is what it is. Um, You know, in a couple weeks, sports will just be sports. You know, nobody's going to be making that much of an uproar. The NFL will put a little, you know, Put some marketing stuff out there, public relations. Oh, we're going to make this change. Uh, And then everything just is done. Similar to the Kaepernick situation. Look at Jay-Z. Oh, yeah, we're not watching the NFL because of Kaepernick. What does the NFL do the next year? Oh, uh, let's just pay Jay-Z. And (laughs) he'll uh, then then we can pay him and he'll just choose the people that are going to do the halftime show. What does Jay-Z do? Oh, yeah, I'll take the bag. Um, cool. Yeah, we're done. We're past kneeling. We're done with that. Rihanna, she was boycotting it because of Kaepernick. Now she's doing the halftime show. And I'm not saying, I'm not coming at their necks as far as like, you know, even with me, it's like, well, damn, how long are you going to stop watching? Like Kaepernick stuff was years ago. But you do it to your comfort level. You do it to your principle level. 
to your morals, values, principles. Based on all those things, you make decisions. And based on the, the values, morals, and principles of these players, they have the ability to step up more than anybody in this situation and make a difference because like it or not, all these concussion companies or doctors and attorneys can say anything they want. And people can talk about the NFL, tweet about the NFL, put up Instagram posts, whatever you want until the players who, who it's affecting actually have the courage to stand up and address certain issues. If they, if they feel that it's an issue that, that, that they have a problem, if they feel that it's a problem, then it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because you know what? People are going to still watch the game. People are still going to just enjoy the game. If anything, you know, the more violent the game is, that's what makes it exciting. Let's be real. Why is football the most popular sport in America? It's the most violent sport. It has the best theatrics, the best athletes, you know, that are willing to put their bodies on the line, put their lives on the line to win a game. To win a game. So all the players have to ask themselves, what are we willing to accept? What are we willing to take? And I want us as viewers, as people who, you know, do get upset after seeing Tua, to take a step back and, and broaden our perspective a bit and say, damn, we are pissed off because the sport we love has players in it that are being taken advantage of just by the circumstances that they're in. But I want us to also look at our kids, our young American kids, our young American kids, kids growing up in America. Not These are, these are Americans. Our kids, right? The ones that we stand up for the flag, these are American kids that are dying in these cities. Regardless of their skin color, they're Americans. So I want us to kind of take a step back and understand that, you know, what, what, what should matter more to us? And maybe it's unfair. You know, maybe it really is unfair for me to compare these two things. And perhaps I shouldn't bring up the crime that happens in our inner cities in a situation like this and try to relate the two. Um, but at the end of the day, um, me, I'd rather err on making an unfair comparison rather than not if there's a chance that it can shine a light on a much-needed problem. And it's a problem that we may be able to address or just first may be able to understand so therefore we can sympathize and empathize with it um, if we just broaden our perspectives and if we just maybe shift our perspectives. So, and I guess in a lot of ways, am I guilty of doing the same thing? See, everybody else is using the tour situation to promote their business, to promote their brand, to promote their expertise. So, shoot, I don't care. I'm using it to promote an issue that bothers me a tremendous amount and that saddens me a tremendous amount that has our kids growing up in America, has American kids growing up in America 
fearful for their lives as they go to middle school, middle school dances, the corner store, walking to high school. That's what I want to focus on. That's what I want to focus on. So as much as we care about the NFL players and the sport we love, which we should care about them, you know, we should care about them and we should show them their support, our support. So that way they do feel comfortable standing up and using their leverage. But I have to say, we should care more about a lot of other things than we do about sports. And we can't allow sports to confuse us. We know that sports is an outlet that allows us to kind of just escape reality in a lot of ways. But sometimes it's necessary to focus on reality and to keep the same energy and care that we have for a lot of these sports figures and sports teams for our young youth and the communities that surround us. All right? This is happening all over the country. This is not just something that happens in one city. It's most inner cities. Um, it's a, what is the proper word? Is it an epidemic? I don't know what we want to call it. Um, but it's just a problem that definitely impacts us in a way that it shouldn't. And it's hurting our kids more so than ever now with the influence of social media and everything else. So let's care about Tua. Let's hope that Tua is good. Let's hope that he bounces back. Let's hope that uh, this, this serves as, you know, let's not let it go to waste. Let's hope that it serves as something that can get the NFL players to wake up and understand that their brain health, their overall health is more important than anything, more important than any dollar that they're going to make on the field, more important than keeping their starting position. Um, it, it's more important than anything. And if the, when, when it, everybody comes united and unites the players, the leadership, you know, that's on every, I'm saying the leadership, the NFL PA leadership with the actual players, um, you know, you come together, figure it out, and let's not accept things that compromise our health. It's our duty, it's our obligation, especially the older players on the team and the NFLPA leadership. It is your it's your responsibility to look out for a lot of these young players that are in the league now that just really care about, listen, man, I've been playing this game my whole life, haven't made a dollar, now I'm getting to the bag. I don't care about any of that. It is your responsibility to care for them. It's your responsibility to care for the younger kids under that in college, high school, middle school, the ones who haven't even picked up a football yet, it is our responsibility to look out for those kids to make sure that if they do decide to play the violent game that football is, that at least they have the protocol necessary to make it as healthy as possible for them. All right, we know it's going to be a dangerous game. Can't change that but at least we can put our players and our loved ones in a position that they can give themselves the best opportunity to walk away from this game 
and um, not be carried away from this game. So at the same time, let's also keep the energy on the young kids, like I said, throughout the communities. Um, and I, I said it before, this may have been an unfair comparison, but it is what it is. You know, I look forward to hearing all your thoughts and having the conversation with y'all throughout the week. Make sure that you tap into us on Instagram at Big Fish Podcast. You'll see different clips of the episode throughout the week. You'll see different highlights from other episodes. But I encourage everybody, jump on, comment, ask questions, give us any other topics that you think are worth us discussing. And we'll just continue to elevate and build together. So with that, strength and honor, over and out. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Ooh. How we here? Big fish shit. Ooh, ooh. Welcome to the podcast. Hope y'all enjoy it. Hope y'all learn something. And most importantly, we hope y'all elevate. Let's get uh-huh. it. Big fish, hit a big lick. We gon' bet it right back and hit a big flip. We been up for a minute and we still lit. Get them cats going top, but we don't feel shit. We just giving y'all gems y'all can live with. Elevate your mind, never mind all the bullshit. Finna talk about stocks, we ain't worry about ops. First get the bread up, then buy back the whole block. Ten toes down, we ain't never gonna stop. I'm a man of my word, I ain't never gonna flop. If I said it, then I meant it. Real ones gon' respect it, and it's still OG. It's in me, I represent it.